You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? You are rocking with us on an all-new episode of the Decoding Success Podcast, and it is your host, Matt Labrie. I want to start off this episode again by expressing and sending my well wishes to all of you, your loved ones, everyone in between. We're clearly still in this pandemic, and I realized over the last few episodes I may have let it slip my mind when editing and not you know, extending those well wishes, so I wanted that to be said before anything else, and I also just want to express my gratitude for you seeking positive positivity in this podcast, seeking experiences and insights and value from what we amplify here on the Decoding Success Podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you and also let you know that you should be patting yourself on the back for tuning into a podcast during these times and making sure you're still getting after it in every which way. So pat yourself on the back, have that cookie today, make sure you get the workout and if you're going to have the cookie, but just saying, just saying, and we are joined by another amazing individual. I'm so freaking grateful to be able to host such amazing individuals on this show after every single episode. Now we're close to episode 150. Um, I'm not sure where we're at exactly, but today we are joined by Marcus Ogden. Now Marcus, growing up in a single parent home with a father that inspired perseverance and fairness, he was able to learn how to define his values and set goals from an early age, something we all need to do. Now Marcus attended Howard University from 1998 to 2002, where he played Division I football. He then followed his dream and his Hall of Fame brother Jonathan's footsteps, eventually getting drafted into the NFL in 2003. Overall, he played for five years as an offensive lineman with the Tennessee Titans, Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens, and the Jaguars. Even during the offseason, Ogden helped train football players in Europe, both physically and mentally, and today, as a former NFL player, he is now an author, celebrity success coach, and commentator amongst many other amazing things. He's hopping on here to have his success decoded, and we have an amazing conversation. It's really quick. Marcus was quick on his feet, man. There was only one other person throughout the history of the show that had like rapid fire answers that were just like, whoa, like, did you know that question was coming? It's absolutely amazing, and I'm really excited to be able to amplify this to all of you here today. Now, I know that we're still in this remote work phase, so I want to share with you another tidbit of value as we always try to do. Now, we partner up with amazing organizations. We're partnered with Audible, sending everyone a free audiobook that tunes into this show. So if you haven't got that free audiobook, you're able to do so just by going into the show notes of this episode. But also, we partnered with a company called Acadium, which is sending anyone that goes to their platform a remote marketing intern in an effective and affordable way. I promise you that I'm using it here at 1B Branding, my branding agency. I always convey this message to you. I wouldn't be sharing something that I don't personally use myself. Uh, That's exactly why I partnered with them because they're absolutely amazing. Time and time again, they have delivered. They have given me an intern, a remote intern nonetheless, that helps me in many different areas of marketing, whether it's web design, graphic design, social media, everything in between. I promise you, you can find exactly what you need if you're looking for that help. You don't have to be a business owner to tap into this resource. You could be someone that's launching a project. Uh, Maybe you're a speaker, an author, a podcaster, anything in between, anything that needs marketing help. This is for you, I promise you. So make sure you head over to the show notes to check that out. And now, without further ado, I bring to you my friend, Marcus Ogden. Marquise, first and foremost, man, I appreciate you hopping on here. And I know that you're about to bring a ton of value to the show. So thank you for joining us today. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on, my friend. 
Of course, of course. Listen, first question, this is always how we kick off the show. I need to understand how you personally define success. To me, Matt, success is what people are doing in their lives with the underlying factor of ambition, drive, and hard work to achieve the success they desire for themselves on a personal level. I love that. I love that. All right, so let's break that down a little bit. Let's go over that one more time. So ambition, drive, and what was that third word you used? Hard work. Hard work. I love that. Now, let's start with ambition here. How is ambition formed in your opinion or, or how can someone, I mean, I, I'm from New York, I'm from Queens, born and raised. So anytime I need to feel some ambition in my life, I just tune into 50 cents hustlers ambition. And next thing you know, I just feel good. I'm ready to go. But uh, I'm curious, what do you think, um, you know, someone that's tuned into this right now, how can they start to find that ambition in their life? Ambition is about the goals and or the vision that you have for your life. So ambition's all about creating your roadmap, identifying the goals and the desires that you want to achieve in your life. That's what ambition is. If you go through life with no ambition, it's like you're going through life with no purpose. When you go through life with no purpose, you make it almost impossible to achieve success. Again, whatever that looks like in your eyes, because I tell you all the time, success is in the eye of the beholder. Right. No, I 100% agree. I love that. Now, when it comes to drive, I mean, at the end of the day, we could be driven by our why, which is, you know, different for everyone. Of course, we can be driven by the goals, by, um, you know, what we desire to have in life. But oftentimes, we could also fall off track of that, right? And I'm sure you'll agree at some, you know, at some point of your life, I'm sure that has happened. I mean, I know it happens to me, whether that's in business or in my financial, um, you know, endeavors and things of that nature. So how do you find yourself getting back on track when that drive kind of slips off, if you know what I'm saying? When the drive slips off, I just really go back to being confident in my abilities to achieve success for myself with my chosen career. Confidence comes from three things. Great physiology, controlling your mental focus, and having a core belief that you deserve to succeed. When you have those three things, you can have confidence in your abilities to get yourself back on track. And then Drive, to me, is all about being inspired to make a long-term systemic change versus being just plain motivated, which comes from the word motive, which means someone wants you to do something for them, and that's usually a short-term play. So drive's all about being confident in your abilities and being inspired to make a long-term real grit, real effort, systemic change, not just being motivated for a short-term, short-term game. Interesting. So would you say you would prefer to be inspired versus motivated? Absolutely, I would. Right. That's huge. I actually never heard it broken down like that. And I, I mean, I guess I agree. I mean, I have to agree when it comes down to motivation. Um, I, I feel like we could turn on a fucking YouTube video or something of that nature and feel motivated, but that's, you know, super short term as you alluded to. Right. right. And uh, absolutely. Yeah. And no, I'm sorry, yeah. just like I said, like, you know, that's why I call myself an inspirational keynote speaker not a motivational keynote speaker. Because if I motivate you, I haven't done my job. I've got you all rah, rah, ready to go through a brick wall for the day or for a week or for a max a month. 
If I get you inspired to do something, you'll knock that wall down every month for the next six months, year, two years, five years, because you believe that you now have the keys and the action steps to achieve success. That's huge, man. I definitely appreciate that share. That is really, really big. And I know that everyone tuned into this is going to be able to resonate with that on a high level. So Marquise, you you brought up having a roadmap. I want to know in high school, what was your roadmap? Was it always to make it to the NFL? No, my roadmap was to be an investment banker uh, and follow my father's footsteps, who was a um, phenomenal financial planner and ran the stocks and bonds division for his uh, bank that he worked for, the Federal Home Loans Bank of New York in their D.C. office. Wow. So how did the NFL come into play? I mean, obviously it's in the blood, right? We, we, we know it's in the blood. So was it just because the opportunity presented itself that you took it? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. For me, I went to Howard University on a full scholarship. I was a four-year starter. I registered my first year as a four-year starter. And I ended up saying, okay, I can do this. I can play football at a high level. Um, Teams started coming out to see me, the Colts, the Texans, uh, the Ravens, the Jaguars, all these teams came out. So I just literally, my last year, gave it my all. I literally just went in and said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to work my ass off. And that's what I did. And I ended up getting drafted to the National Football League by the Jacksonville Jaguars and head coach Jack Del Rio. That's amazing, man. Congratulations on that. I mean, that's um, many individuals' dreams and you were able to live it out. Uh, That's, you know, incredible. And to that point, you know, we've had a few NFL stars here on the show. And one question that I always ask them is, what does it take to never lose the hustle or that underdog mentality when it comes to, um, you know, making it to the league, right? And, you know, sometimes we see this, and I'm not going to drop any names here, whether that's baseball, basketball, football, whatever the case is, after someone gets that big payday, day, next thing you know, they, they go into that slump, right? And uh, sometimes, you know, what happens once you make it to the league, next thing you know, you're in that slump. So what do you feel like it takes to never lose that, that edge to continuously progress forward? Is it as simple as recalibrating the goals or, or something of that nature? No, that's a great question. I feel it's remembering your pivotal rock bottom moment and stamping that in your mind. Like me, I remember for my business, let's just take business for example, because football that is the same way. Like some point, let's talk sports for a second. We'll go back to business. So if you play sports, right? If you're a kid or this, you know, in his 20s or even thir- early 30s still playing the sport, even like Tom Brady, and you have to think of that time in your life, that pivotal moment that's dear to you. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be a, a, a trying time, whatever that is. That needs to be stamped in your mind as your permanent inspiration to never let yourself fall or falter in your craft. Always go back to that. Like me, in my business life now, we'll talk some business. With my speaking career, how I am now, I'm now going to be, I started realistically in 2014, so that's six years ago. I didn't get my first paid job until 2016 in April. So it's only been three and a half years since I've gotten started to get paid my craft and make money as a speaker. And every time I have a bad day or something, I feel I'm a little bit just, you know, a little bit worn out. I always, always, Matt, go back to the pivotal moment for me when I was a custodian 
And at four o'clock in the morning, someone's bare trash got on my skin. Their spoiled milk touched my body. I saw banana peels, rotten meat, but the milk had gotten on my skin that was spoiled. Every time I have a tough day with my career now, I always go back to my pivotal moment. And every time before I go speak or coach a client or go do a book signing, I always remember that moment so I can always give 150% and give my client the investment dollars that they paid for and beyond to do my job. So I believe it's all about remembering that pivotal moment you've gone through to always push in times where you feel that you might be falling off. That's a really interesting take. And it's actually something that's come up multiple times here, specifically in 2020, when I've been hosting individuals just like yourself, and they always mention rock bottom. But I have to ask you, like, why does it have to take that rock bottom moment, whether that's you with one of us personally, or someone close to us, like, you know, a death, as you mentioned, why does it have to be that rock bottom moment? Like, why do we have to get to that point? You know, because here's the thing, you learn more in failure, right? Than right. You do a success. So you have to, everyone who's had success has had some pivotal moment. Now, again, like I said, it varies. Some of it might just be you only lost $10,000 in business. So it's, oh, I'm going I'm to wake up. You know, or it could be as bad as, you know, you've lost a loved one or you've lost everything. So the pivotal moment is dear and important to everyone individually. So the degree of how bad the rock bottom is all depends on the person, what they've gone through. But to answer your question, when you have massive success, do you learn things? Yeah, you learn some things, right? You learn a few, but you don't learn the lessons. So I tell people all the time, go back to when you had that struggling time, that struggling period where you had to get things done on your own record, where you didn't have any fans. Like when I was a custodian, Matt, I had no support other than my immediate family and my now wife and her family. That was it. Friends gone. Uh, all this, there was no fans around. There was nobody around, right? And so that should be the thing you use to fuel your fire if you get knocked off course. Right. That's huge, man. I definitely appreciate that. Now, very selfishly, and because I like to have fun on the show, I have to ask you, what was or who was actually the hardest and or toughest individual to protect the QB from? Oh, by far for me, it was Kevin Williams from the Minnesota, from the Minnesota Vikings. Kevin really? Was first round draft pick, D-tackle, uh, played DND tackle at Oklahoma State, 6'5", 315, 320 pounds, uh, phenomenal football player, great speed, great endurance, great hands, and he was one of the toughest I faced in my career, uh, along with Albert Hainsworth. Very interesting, man. I definitely appreciate that share. Yeah, like I said, we've had a few other um, offensive linemen and other individuals on the show. And, you know, I've heard Terrell Suggs and other individuals like that. But that, that's an interesting take, man. I definitely appreciate that share. Terrell's, but... a good, Terrell's a good one. I played against Terrell when he was uh, – we came out at the same time. Terrell was good. Uh, what made Terrell not as good as the other guys is the other guys were just heavier. So I, w I was able to move with guys who uh, were lighter because I was, you know, I had decent feet, but guys who were heavy and had a decent amount of speed but were wearing around that 320, 325 mark, those were the guys that sometimes would give me trouble because 
if they had good speed off off the good burst off and they were already about the same size as I was, it made it a little bit more difficult for me to kind of get my body back into alignment to get my job done. Terrell was an amazing football player, but he wasn't as heavy as some of the other guys I faced, which didn't make it – and still made it tough, but not as tough. Right, right. No, that's huge, man. That's huge. I, I love that stuff. Now – Transitioning into business, I, I came across something, and I, I want to hear this from you directly. Um, something along the lines of a costly decision that that happened in your business career, and it wasn't along the lines of what we see um, oftentimes when you know individuals that are in professional sports are, you know, buying chains and buying cars and buying these houses and, and just running through their money. But I saw something along the lines of you losing a, a lump sum of money at one point. Is that true? And if so, can you just walk us through that? Yeah, so I ended up uh, uh, head of construction company at, on a project I was working on. It was a four and a half million dollar uh, construction property. I mean, it was a four and a half million dollar contract. I ended up having to spend about two to two and a half million dollars unexpectedly because the job site would not dry. And as a result of the job site not dr- not drying, I had to spend that money for a contractor to get it done. And then the contractor left the site and then they would not come back. So I had to spend all that money paying my own personal people resources from payroll to equipment to sumps. I was spending about a hundred grand a week in payroll, give or take at, 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 at tights. And literally as I did all that work, I asked the client, am I going to get paid for this? And say, yeah, don't worry about it, Marcus. We'll get the change order signed later. Don't worry about it. Just keep working, keep working. I finished all that, all that work. 90 days later, went to go get paid back my change order by the developer and contractor. They denied my change order, and I went bankrupt. Fuck. That's insane, man. Now, let me ask you, what do you feel like were the, the blind spots or something of that nature in that, le- in that lesson there that you didn't necessarily pick up on? I should have never done extra work that the contractor asked me to do without a signed contract change order. That was my mistake. That's why to this day, I have no animosity. I have no ill will. Nobody made me do that work. And all I had to do was say, nope, I'm not going to do it until I get a a contract or sign change order. But because I trusted that contractor, they were a client of mine. They were, and I thought they were my friends. They took advantage of me and it was nobody's fault, but my own. Right. Now, if you could identify just like three lessons within embedded within that experience, what do you feel like those were? Number one, never trust a, a client in business because at the end of the day, they're gonna watch out for their bottom line over yours. Number two, do not do extra work for people without proper documentation. And number three, every job in business is individual. Don't expect because you work with somebody on one job that's gonna be easy peasy on the next. Every job is different. 
I definitely appreciate that. I'm over here writing this down, by the way, because um, that that's, uh, you know, something that I love to to do is receive mentorship from individuals that have been there, done that. I mean, as I mentioned via email to you, you know, I've worked with Damon John of Shark Tank. So being in proximity of individuals like yourself and whomever else that hops on this show, so on and so forth, and being able to learn from, you know, situations like this, it's huge, man. And I know everyone tuned in is uh, definitely grateful for you sharing these points. And I want to respect your time here. We're running out of time. Um, you've given us a ton of advice already in such a short amount of time. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? The best piece of advice I've ever received is at the end of the day, you have to be a servant leader in business. Anyone that's going to lead people that doesn't have a servant leadership mentality is going to fail. And my second book, which actually comes out uh, January 28th, The Success Cycle, talks about three things you need to have to achieve success. Ambition, drive, and hard work. With the underlining principle foundation that leadership is not a title. Leadership is a responsibility and a privilege. And servant leadership is the number one thing that is the foundation of any successful business enterprise. I was just speaking yesterday uh, to a company called Red Gold Quality. They're a huge tomato brand in the food industry. They are a fourth generation family owned business and their leadership at the top from the owners to the owner's sons who are fourth generation to their VP to their VP of food or VP of retail, every one of their leaders embodies servant leadership which is exactly why Red Gold is doing such a phenomenal job in the industry of food and in the food industry as far as consumption with their tomatoes and their other products. So again, servant leadership is going to be the number one thing people have to start embodying. That's amazing, man. I appreciate that. Now, let me ask you the flip side of that question. What's a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but it proved to be true over time? That I should have never took on that project for four and a half million dollars because we weren't ready for it. And that is exactly correct. Explosive growth in business is catastrophic. Good, controlled, good-paced growth is exactly where you want to be in business. And that's exactly what I didn't do, which is exactly why my business eventually went out of business. Now, let me ask you, this is going to come off on a totally different angle here, but you mentioned explosive growth in business is catastrophic. Do you feel the same thing in relationships? I know you're a married man. You mentioned being married. Do you feel the same thing in like personal relationships? Yeah, it makes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you're starting off and it's all hot and heavy and you're going boof and all this, and it's just going all this type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you could be setting yourself up for it to not work later on. And right. that's something, and every relationship is different. Right, everyone's different, but like me and my wife, we've been together now for uh, eight years, almost eight years, and you know our relationship gets better because in the beginning, I, we you know it was definitely had a definite attraction, but I think we were respecting each other and showing each other that we cared. But it was kind of like you know trying to grow together and things like. And my wife and I've been through a lot. Like she stayed with me through my bankruptcy. She could have left. We were together for six months. And she stayed through the bankruptcy. The house is being foreclosed on. Cars repossessed. We've had some difficult times like any relationship. But now 
We've been married for almost five years, and it's actually even better today than when we first met because it's all about what we've been through together. And when someone, I saw, I saw Samuel Jackson say this uh, on someone put it on LinkedIn. He said, I, "My wife and I've been together now for almost six, for almost forty years. They've been together forty years, forty years this year." He said, "My wife has been my ride or die, seen all the highs, the lows, the ups and downs." He said, "I'm down for who's down for me." And he said, it's easy for somebody to come on and say, I want to marry Samuel Jackson today when he's got hundreds of millions of dollars. He's, he's the most hardest working man in show business. But his wife was by his side when he was a struggling actor trying to get started, you know, you know, at that time. And they've been together 40 years. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Long time. Long, long time, man. I love that. I'm down for who's down for me. That's huge. And having a ride or die by your side is amazing. Now, uh, Marcus, a few more questions for you. Sure. I know you got a you got a whole bunch going on. You're about to release a book. You do a whole bunch of speaking. What's a question you wish more people would ask you, and how would you answer it? I wish people would ask me how my career has grown uh, to this point because everyone thinks it has happened overnight. And I say I've been doing this now for almost six years, for over six years, right. and nothing is going to come overnight. That's what you want. So I wish more people would ask me how I've done it. And the real thing I could say has been honest that I've done has been consistency with social media, posting on LinkedIn when, when I started doing it, Facebook, Instagram, consistently putting myself in a position where others could see the brand and start to create brand recognition. Like The Rock says, it takes 20 years, 20 to 30 years to build something that has global appeal. And I've been doing it now for six. But right. that's one of the things I don't, people don't ask me enough of, and that was what I would, the answer I would give them, is social media posting is one of the most underutilized ways to grow your business. And not yeah. posting every other day, every week, or once in a while. It's every single day. Good content, strong content, nothing controversial, nothing where you're arguing with somebody. Good value-driven content that gives that to the clients or to the people that are reading it. Value yeah. on the other side. That's huge, man. That's huge. And I love the fact that you were very transparent with us earlier and you were alluding to the fact that you started in, I believe you said 2014 and then you didn't get a paid gig until 2016. So the transparency there and you know, tying that into what you just mentioned is huge, man. I appreciate that. And last question for you here, Marcus. Yeah. What is, what is one universal piece of advice that you would give for the rest of your life? If you could only give one, one universal piece of advice, what would that be? Huh. I would say treat everyone the way that you want to be treated, period. And that means everyone, the CEO, the, the assistant, the custodian, the, I don't care who it, the chef, the, whoever it is, treat everyone the way that you want to be treated. You really have no idea sometimes who you're talking to. So why does it have the golden rule treat everyone you encounter like gold. Don't right, judge someone or treat someone better or worse because you think they might have power or they might be able to help you do something. Just, we need more people in the world to treat people with like gold that can do nothing for, you, for them. 
Because that's really the essence of treating people like gold when they can do nothing for you and you you don't think about that. You just treat everyone the same because that's who you are and that is what you embody. Exactly, man. I love that. Now, you mentioned social media a few times. Where do you hang out the most? I know you mentioned LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff, but I'm going to have all your show notes or all the social links in the show notes of this episode, including the website, where they can get the new book that's coming out. But um, where are you hanging out the most so people that are tuned into this can you know reach so, out to you? I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. Marcus Ogden, M-A-R-Q-U-E-S-O-G-D-E-N. I'm on Instagram a lot, at Marcus Ogden. Facebook, Marcus Ogden, and then Twitter, at Marcus underscore Ogden. You can go to my website, www.marcusogden.com, and you can order our book on our website, and or you can get our you can pre-order our book now off of Amazon and or Barnes and Noble, and you can you can uh, you can pick it up even after its release date, which will be on January twenty eighth. I love it, Marcus. I appreciate you hopping on here. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to add value to the show. Absolutely, my friend. Have a good one. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Of course. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, from my guy, Marcus Ogden himself. Listen, that was a very quick episode, but there is so much value jam-packed within there. I have to urge you to either listen to it again, share it with someone in your mastermind, your circle, your friend group, your group chat. I know you're in some group chats. Whoever, your coworkers, your staff, your employees, everyone in between your family members, there is a lot of value in there that could be super, super tremendously helpful to anyone that is in business, to anyone that's in sports, to anyone that's going through life, right? There is a lot to be depicted in there. So I just want to make sure that you're sharing it, doing your due diligence as we're doing ours by sharing it and amplifying with all of you. Now, I want to make sure that you're also connecting with Marcus. You could check him out in the show notes of this episode. All of his social links, all of his websites are there. You can check him out, connect with him, let him know you heard him here on Decoding Success. And until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.